0: Come on, Richard, stop daydreaming. It's more like a nightmare. What is? I keep glimpsing something out of the corner of my eye. Yes, they're funny,
1: these reflections. And there's a word that goes with it.
0: Tractators. That's it. What's he saying? Tractators, tractators.
1: I didn't quite catch it. it was something about tractors, maybe. Shh!
2: I can't hear anything.
1: Listen! Ah! I heard that. Richard! Richard! Drag taters! I've seen them! Uh, so- sorry, you've seen taters and someone's been dragging them?
2: Paul, I think he's speaking Yorkshire. It's some kind of race memory. I, th- I think it's important.
0: My home, track taters. I've seen all this before.
1: Uh, I think he's knocked over his Lego bricks at home and he's still trying to find the 4 my 2s
2: Quick, we must get him to the surface and get help.
0: They were there, waiting,
1: destroying us from the inside. Ah, sounds like something coming up from his past, like a memory picture.
2: The earth is hungry.
1: It waits
2: to eat. He's, he's forcing himself to remember.
1: I can see them.
2: They're
0: the appetite beneath the ground. Tractators.
1: That's worse than I feared. He seems to believe there are people here who hate tracts.
2: Hmm. Either that or he's been at the rhubarb again.
3: Hit it.
1: This ain't no disco. It ain't no country club either. This is LA. All I want to do is have a little fun before I.
0: Hello, hello, I'm Richard. Uh, Welcome to Something Who, episode 4. So, Podbean, who hosts our podcasts, they give us statistics about how many people are downloading our podcast and where they come from, and, well, that little bit of music was a snatch of All I Wanna Do by Sheryl Crow as a tribute to California, which has been a hotbed of recent downloads. Anyway, this evening, uh, we welcome back Paul to
1: Something Who for the first time in a little while. Yes. Hello, Paul. It, it feels like a very long time. I've completely forgotten how this works, even though it's incredibly simple. I just sort of open my mouth and and speak, don't I? But I, c- I can barely remember. Words Apologies for out. the absence. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah first time in epi- episode two, so and and, oh. and, and there was there was, a, there was a two and a half in there as well. So we're absolutely delighted to have you back. And indeed, Giles.
2: Hello. You can't get rid of me.
0: No, no, no. You're you're, you're here for the fourth time. Is it really? Good lord. Yeah. Uh, Plus, of course, all those thirteen casts.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what they say: if you can't do the time, don't do the crime.
0: <laughs> anyway, the first bit of important business today is to is to be quite emphatic about the fact there's been no revolution here at Something Who, and despite the rumours, I'm staying a showrunner for the foreseeable future. Okay.
1: Four more years. Four more years. <laughs>
2: So that rumour that Tim was spreading the other week that you'd um, you been unceremoniously sacked and were being he's replaced been, by J L Southall as an emergency yeah. show showrunner. <laughs>
0: scurrilous. Uh, yeah. yeah, scurrilous is, is indeed the right word. So just to remind uh, anybody who's forgotten or, or those who are coming for the first time, uh, what we do here at Something Who is to compare two stories, one from the old series and one from the new which have some sort of linking themes. Some some of the linking themes are obvious, and some of them are a little bit less so. Paul, this one was your idea. Uh, we're comparing today Frontios and um, that other one. If I can remember the name of it, the Hungry Earth.
1: Yes, that classic that nobody ever forgets. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I didn't scroll down far enough uh, midway, to, to see it. It's midway through New Who, isn't it? It's um, right there in the middle. Oh, it is.
2: Yes. Mm.
1: Uh, yes, it was my idea. I'd like to claim I thought long and hard about it, or that I was deliberately searching for the most tenuous link I could find. I'm not sure why it popped into my head. Possibly, I was looking for an excuse to to include Frontios. I don't know. Anyway, hmm. hope hope it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm sure it will. Hmm. I've just thought of another one. It could have been Frontios and the Web Planet, couldn't it? The th- giant woodlice theme. <laughs> but uh, too late now. <laughs> well. Uh. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Where's yeah. my insect movement by
1: by Roslin de Winter? Yeah, yeah.
0: So. <laughs> I think I think it's too much
1: Vaseline for any of us. That <coughs> I, I am part. not going to attempt to follow up on that. <laughs>
0: no, no. So I'm trying to remember what we do now. I, I, I can only think that we we launch almost immediately into a discussion of Frontios, mm.
1: which is great. For some sure. reason, in my head, I had it the other way round. But of course, we always oh, do the so. classic story first, don't we? So. No.
2: We do. I wonder whether we should do. Should we do it the other way around for that for for that very very reason? Should we mix it up a bit?
0: Uh, it matters to me not a jot. Whichever one you would like to talk about first. Ooh.
2: Well, I, w- I watched them in the um. I watched them in the other order. Yes. So I, w- I watched the Hungry Earth and and Cold Blood first. It was more. It was kind of. It felt. It felt at the time like it was a matter of. Um, Getting the chore out of the way, sure I could enjoy the other one. But, um, <laughs> but i have actually come out of it with a um, with a bit of a different Ooh. opinion on that. So, yeah, spoilers. Well, Ooh. yeah, I suppose. So. Kick us off then. Kick us off. I guess my general opinion was I really thoroughly enjoyed watching that, and it was. I had been bracing myself and thinking I'm really not going to enjoy it, and I I had a memory of it being a bit being a bit of a low point in that season, but the thing was and perhaps it still is. But the thing was that I had forgotten quite how good Series five was from my point of view. Hmm. I think that's that I've tended to rather um look down on, you know, damn 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 it along with the rest of the Moffat era to some extent and you're a know, target with the same the same faults. It's not to say, you know, every era every era of Doctor Who has its high points and its low points, but I think you know, and it was it was actually refreshing to suddenly come back to it and think Oh yes, yeah. Amy and Rory were quite engaging characters, and and Matt is lovely before he starts. You know, before to be honest, before they start writing writing all of his shtick into the scripts, when he's just being, when he's mm. just bringing it to it himself. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So so I, I'd forgotten how much I yeah you know, how how much I enjoyed series five as a whole, and how much I enjoyed watching that that team at the time, and we- uh, and it was really it was really fun. As a sign of it being fun, I actually, <laughs> I actually let let the DVD run on afterwards and um, and went straight into Vincent and the Doctor. Because I, I was just thinking, OK, I'll
1: stick around for a bit more of this. So, yeah. I both agree and disagree with you. I did indeed think this is more fun than I was expecting. I think that was almost entirely because my most recent memories of Doctor Who are season... What was it?
2: Eleven?
1: Eleven? Eleven. Yeah. And coming in thinking, oh my goodness, this is Chris Chibnall.
2: Uh, that's, yes, that's the other factor,
1: of course. Yeah. Mm. I've got to be honest, I don't think Cold Blood was any better or worse than I remembered it. It was exactly the same. I also like season five and I thought it was a weak point in that season series at the time and um, still do. In terms of expectations, I think the thing that surprised me most is not that Chibnall was any better than I remembered, but that the extent to which it's better written and more entertaining than anything in season 11, did you say? <laughs> I can't count. <laughs> I've only got, I can't count past the number of fingers I've got. <laughs> the extent to which it's better than anything from the most recent season is just because he's writing somebody else's characters. The Eleventh Doctor and Amy and Rory mm. were inherited by him. And go, he has a good go at writing them. I don't think he writes them as well as Moffat or indeed most of the other writers that Moffat employed. And yet he can't help because he's competent enough to, to write characters vaguely in line with their, their brief. They can't help it be much more interesting than the characters he invented, sadly, for when he took over as showrunner himself. The rest of the supporting cast I don't find mm. particularly gripping. They're mm. neither real nor engaging enough to justify being being that two-dimensional also oh, so anyway i uh yes i didn't really like it
3: hmm.
0: well i'd say i was sort of somewhere in between the two of you i i remember it not being all that good i watched it and thought oh this is a bit better than i thought but it still
1: wasn't uh, a high point I, but you know i thought it was all right yes i mean i wouldn't say i disliked it although there are one or two aspects i disliked but that's um they were just minor details it's, m- it's more because I just want my Doctor Who to be better than, than average. Mm. I don't want it to be a rather beige amalgam of half-remembered ideas from the classic series, which reformatted, repackaged in a way that doesn't make them entirely new or, or indeed entirely traditional. Just some, some bizarre no-man's land.
0: That's
1: mm. how it's always felt to me. Yes, and it is almost, you know, a a classic Perth
0: I mean, you've got the energy barrier, you've got the (laughs) oh, it's you know, the the sort of in the the people drilling into the earth, the scientific, yeah, it's it's all just a little bit
1: too obvious, isn't it? Yes, if it was an actual scientific base with lots of people with clipboards, then then that would really steal the deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that was a vision of the future, uh, and we, we we're there now. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and now we want everything to be set in a coal mine.
2: Yes, and yeah. Well of course it's set in twenty twenty, isn't it? So
1: I think the energy barricade was the one one of many nods to Pertwee era that I just thought was really gratuitous. I just it, yeah, yeah. it came mm. and went with no particular reason. Mm. I thought like, when like it, a summer cloud. I thought oh that's all right. It's uh, well I didn't think it was all right. I thought I see why he's done that, it's so he can make it dark and have a and create a bit more atmosphere, mm. but then it disappeared again, and, and then we it disappears to, back again. Back to yes. daylight, and mm. um, without wishing to moan about production issues, it didn't just go dark. It turned into night. Yeah. It, we suddenly had fog rolling across the floor in the gr- uh, in the graveyard. It, clearly, everyone who filmed those dark sequences was thinking, "It's night," mm. which mm. is not what the script was asking for. So that that just completely baffled me.
3: Mm. Mm.
1: And um, it falls foul of that trap that I'm always mm-hmm. moaning about, where somebody's pieced together lots of ideas. Sometimes it's conceptual ideas, sometimes it's just visual ideas or think or riffs from the classic series they've stolen and mashed together. And as I say, when it does, when it's done badly, it's like making a cake with the wrong ingredients. It just falls apart again. It fi- fails to bind. It fails to rise. Mm. Uh, mm. He's um, on the, on the whole. Life, I thought he was making the most of. Um, a slightly underwritten characterization of the eleventh doctor. He was mm. adding a lot to it. Mm. I know you said, Giles, that you think this is from an era when before the characters started being overwritten. I think there was a happy middle ground where the the writer was providing just enough whimsy and Matt was riff was, you know, extrapolating mm. on that. But for I me here know. it's it's yeah. underpowered either. I dunno,
2: I tend to yeah, I tend to flip over when you get to series six. It's immediately playing off the stuff that went, went down well in Series 5, so it suddenly flips from one to the other.
1: While we're talking about the uh, Pertwee rip-offs, um, mm. you're, you're scientific. Can I, <laughs> I noticed that very early on they, the scientists are boasting that they have drilled down further into the Earth than anyone ever has before. Yes. And I immediately thought of Inferno. Mm. It seems a bit unlikely, because Inferno was in a big, shiny scientific base and these people are just in a coal mine. Mm. But they do, they do quote 21 kilometres, so I don't know. Yes. It, does anyone remember how far they they penetrated an uh, in inferno.
2: Good question. Uh, I'm just wondering. I'm just here. I go googling the Mohorovic discontinuity, and in theory, it's it's, it's the boundary between the crust and the mantle, so it's about the same.
1: Hmm. Well, I was slightly baffled that it was a, the whole point was that the Silurians were living that far down. It I don't does really seem see a bit unlikely, they need to doesn't be. it?
2: Well, and but, I, th- I believe there's a throwaway line that they're actually living much further down than that. I think. I think when when Matt and um, uh, Mira, Mira Sales character have had their rocky descent in the TARDIS, I believe, and when they come out in the city, I think Matt says,
1: "Oh, you know, they're further down than, than than the yes. stu- than the stuff. Why aren't we hot? Why aren't we burning mm, up? Yes, she says, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because somebody has read the scripts and, and said, "Oh, excuse me, mm. <laughs> shouldn't it be too hot down here?" No, mm. That's a weird. Uh, of
2: all the, if you're gonna, <laughs> of all the things to pick up on as a science point in this in this um. Yes. In this story, that's just like <laughs> mm. <laughs> hang on, we've got to we've got to deal with the um thermodynamics and no one else is gonna work you know, yeah. And we'll just hand wave away everything else, which I will um possibly come on to. But just talk about the obviously all the perks stuff. And obviously we've then also got that um the uh, the weird future Amy and Rory scene is yet another we yeah. purpose style
1: episode episode opening
2: reference. I haven't
1: thought of that. Yeah. Does it pay off in any important way?
2: Well, it it does in that um, after Rory has died and disappeared into the crack, we then Amy sees herself, of and course. obviously doesn't know that Rory was there. So in some ways, it's it's almost yeah. I don't I don't want to. <laughs> is it is it is it too dangerous to accuse it of being clever? That it actually takes that takes the thing that we kind of as oh. see, take the thing as as seasons. Seasoned wee watchers and knowing, knowing all the all the things that Chibnall is referencing. Although of course it's possible, since this is a season arc-related thing, that it's a um that this was inserted by Moffat instead. Mm. Though it's yeah, it rather takes that, and we we expect we know how that plays out. That the Doctor sees the other side of the, or that the, yep. they see the other side of it in some way or other. Instead, we, instead we get it playing out in a different way.
1: Hmm. No, please feel free to say it's clever because there are plenty of things I did like about it. Hmm. Uh, so, and having slated the entire story at the beginning, I will, hmm. prob- I will try to mention some of them as we get there. Well, of
0: course, well, yes. I, I mean, it's, it's clever, so... except that what does that mean? Does that mean that she was imagining that she saw Rory at, at the start?
2: Oh dear, we could have a whole podcast. Well, on no, because she doesn't remember. Travel. She doesn't remember having seen Rory because Rory was never. Yeah, yeah
0: no, 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 that's right. But 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 who's but who is it who's with her at, uh, at the start then waving? the other side
2: that was Rory but the crack erases Rory from the uh, yeah mm.
0: but if he isn't there in, I don't know I mean my, it uh, mean my
2: understanding is because Rory's been erased mm-hmm.
0: from the no so, so I follow that bit mm. it's just that if he's been erased then surely he's been erased anyway hey mm. I, sp- I, I, I suppose you're right in, I suppose you're right in saying that, that that you'd need to be erased on both sides oh, hang on a minute well, I'm not. Right
1: g- I'm not going to get dragged into a conversation about cause and effect in time travel because <laughs> no, no, but from, my, from my, not, limi-
2: t- <laughs> for my limited understanding, well, recollection of how the crack works, hmm. things don't get erased until they've until they've actually until they've gone into the crack. They're right. not. They're not preemptively right. disappeared, and then then they're written out of all of history in one go. As I recall from that being the the kind of way of how...
0: So they're written out of history retrospectively.
2: Yes, yeah. But we never see... see, I don't think we see anything that isn't... Well, that's
0: interesting. Because I imagined in in Time of Angels when those... um, Or what ill flesh and whatever it was, mm. that, that stone, that when those guys disappeared, they were simply written out of people's memories.
1: But we think they're actually written out, actually, of history. Yes, they are. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. But in a non-circular fashion, it's it, because obviously, it's not the version of time, of the flow of time where they never existed. It's, mm. it's a science fiction version where you can change the past. mm Hmm. Um, I, yes. I may I may make a vague attempt to bring us back to this on, when we get to Frontios because okay. the okay. Frontios doesn't involve time travel. It's um, yeah, I'll see if I, I'll see okay. how I fail. Mm. <laughs> Can I say something mm. completely different? Can I? Ha- Why not? Introduce the worst segue whatsoever. Mm. I'm going to say because we did briefly touch on well, it was me actually, season eleven, and we've also talked about the Doctor's characterization. I did notice the Doctor does a lot of making observations followed by asking questions to try and move the plot along. Mm-hmm. He points stuff out to make sure the audience is feeling, isn't feeling left behind and then asks non-rhetorical questions. In exactly the way I f- think I f- spotted the uh, the 13th Doctor doing in her first few stories. Yeah, that it okay, did, kind yes. ta- did kind of tail off. Mm-hmm. I remember being quite keen on that mm-hmm. as a Chibnall characteristic. Um, and I hadn't noticed that, I hadn't realised that he did it in any of his earlier stories, but it's definitely, I think, distinctive to him. Mm. It's almost admirable, except that I don't particularly like the way he does it. But I do mm. like this attempt to keep to um, to rather efficiently and briskly make sure the audience is keeping up with the important points.
2: Mm. Yes, you know. mm. yeah. Yes, so I hadn't. I, I wasn't looking out for that, but I think you. I think that's a good.
0: I'm intrigued. Really, you've got a couple of of interesting new things. About the about the Silurians, except that one of them isn't all that interesting, which is that it's wearing a mask. I mean, it's a nice dramatic moment, except there's no obvious reason why they would be wearing masks, really. Mm. Uh, other than it, it looks a bit more scary and then it looks, I suppose,
1: more like a Silurian yeah. underneath it. I literally have no idea why they did that. I mean it would have made if it was for the older fans and it would have made sense if the mask looked a bit more like the original Silurians. Yes. And you take that off and they're human yes. right underneath. Yes. That would have been mm-hmm. a way of it would have worked in context for new fans and also meant something to the old fans. But here yes. they look scary. You yes. take the mask off. They have human style features. Eyes yes. can be seen, mouth can be seen, mm, as yes. John Pertwee would have said. Yeah. Which <laughs> was a production decision so that they could be relatable. Mm. But they still I mean the first one we meet at any rate still behaves in a monstrous fashion, so it's mm. not quite as big a contrast as it could have been. Mm. If yeah. it was, for example, a nice um Silurian Doctor Science.
0: Sure. And and then you get the sting.
1: Oh mm. the, the, the whip, yeah, the tongue, yes. Yeah, which I
0: don't know, remind me, isn't 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 that a zygon thing? They seem to have grafted in here.
2: Uh, yes, it, mm. I
1: suppose so. I hadn't thought of that. But yeah. It's not a particular uh, <laughs> Not a particularly reptilian trait, is it? No. The, the the flicky tongue is, but not the poisoning.
2: Hmm. I'm trying to think. Yes, I know di- you're not
1: a biologist, but um, no, no. I think you're. Cl- I think you're clever enough no. to, <laughs> to answer. <that> <laughs> yeah. um,
2: yes. Well, it's possibly. I would have to um, refer to my my um, my pal Darren Nash, who runs the Touchable Zoology podcast, to get chapter and verse on venomous dinosaurs, but. Probably the reference they're thinking of here at any anyway, rate will be the ones at the start of is it Jurassic Park three or no hang on where's the... no it's it's in the original Jurassic park isn't there?
1: the one with the the, the fact fa- come, comes out of the fat, yeah, fat, yeah. fat guy yeah.
2: from Seinfeld is running away yeah, and that, gets... That just
1: spits poison at him. yes yeah <clears throat> yes okay,
2: so that's pos- mm. that's probably the reference what the um whether there's any paleontological so, justification for that
1: so they gain the flicky tongue, the poisoning ability. Mm. They lose the third eye. Mm. They gain the ability to be understood rather than sound like Peter Halliday doing (laughs) a funny voice. I I mean, I can't... I can't... I entirely understand all the changes that were made, and I can't entirely blame them. I mean, as you say, it it feels like the sort of thing a reptile might do, whereas the Mm. third eye was... Although we, you know, us old-school fans say, so, well, that's just something Silerians have. They have a third mm-hmm. eye that can melt holes in rock and gives them telepathic powers. No, that's um, good. That's, but that's if, you try and it, if you try and explain it to a new audience, mm. I can see why they dropped it. I don't know. They're
2: tuataras, mate. No, um, no the, third eye, the third eye's got better grounding than the venomous tongue. Oh. <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a relics lizard on, on New Zealand called a tuatara, right. which has got a vestigial third eye. Oh, we see,
1: but it can't actually telepathy. Can it, no, it can't, though. <laughs> oh, right. Well, not not oh, that, it, not that anyone it, has lived to tell. <laughs> <laughs> or melt holes in rock. Mm, yeah. No. Mm. So the most this third eye could ever do was see, uh, and, I think it can't so, even, yes, and it can't yeah. even do that now. Mm. Okay, but you're telling me that's where Malcolm Hulk. I think it might be. Yes. Idea. Yeah. Okay.
2: Fine. And this is a good, mm. it's, unless it's a good old fashioned thing
1: that they found out afterwards. But I um, mean. Yeah, I did wonder at the time why they could yeah. have just kept it and not used it. Hmm. It would have been a lot easier to animate a third eye in this day and age, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. But whatever. I do find the, the makeup a
2: bit disappointingly the over mm.
0: So I've done a quick uh, Wikipedia search, which is my normal uh, you know, bit of research, and it which suggests that there aren't very many venomous uh, <laughs> lizards, and mm. those that are uh, are biters
2: rather than stingers.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay.
0: Anyway, but, but, but obviously, uh,
2: no it's different from that. Okay, and I suspect that the um, just to, just to finish off on the masks, I suspect that the um, the mask thing is uh, sadly down to simple budget issues. I'm pretty mm. sure. You think? I'm pretty Do sure. It...
1: Do you remember seeing ever back at the time, or rather shortly after the time, the mm. that they did try several other designs, and that um, mm. I think it was Neil Gorton had created a version that looked a lot more like. Yes. The original Silurians. Yeah. An uh-huh. updated, you know, in the vein of all his updated Sontarans and Ice Warriors, mm. an updated yeah. Silurian, and they just decided to go for something, probably because of the way the script had been written, that we needed to be able to identify with them. And nowadays, you know, we're not in the era of the web planet anymore. Nowadays, mm. that means you can't. <laughs> they think the audience can't identify something that doesn't look a bit human, mm. which I always thought, actually, I'm going to be a bit critical here, I always thought it was missing the entire point of the story. I mean, it's all about... The fact that we shouldn't be afraid of things just because they look different. Mm. If they don't yeah. look that different, then it's undercutting the moral of the entire story. So, mm. so yes. I would rather they had still had the, the third eye, mm. the, the Donald Trump mouth, yeah. and the Peter so, Halliday voice.
0: So, what do we think about Alea and this idea first that she's going to get herself killed in order to provoke a war?
1: Um, I That's one of my th- things I liked more about the plot. I okay. thought that was more interesting.
0: Hmm.
2: Hmm. It's Certainly interesting, it's quite isn't sophisticated. Devious isn't it?
1: sophisticated, devious, yeah. Cunning. Um yeah, I mean it's more intelligent than anything in the <laughs> in Doctor in the Silurians, where we have good Silurian, bad Silurian and Silurian scientists, don't we? The young Silurian <laughs> is hilariously angry in the original story, just <laughs> runs runs around sounding rather petulant and childish yeah, about everything. Sort of rather like the young Chris LAUGHTER <laughs>
0: I also thought, uh, as an aside, that, that a couple of things that hadn't aged very well with this were the titles and the TARDIS set, for that matter. They both looked a little bit less impressive now than perhaps... Well, I don't, I don't think the titles ever looked very good, but they particularly didn't look very good compared with the Davis-era titles.
1: And equally, I, didn't, I, think, I think the TARDIS set wasn't doing all that well either. Some things did look a bit dated, yeah. The, I thought the music all the way through was pretty awful. It was... I mean, I was never one of those people who hated Murray Gold's work, but mm. I thought this was—it wasn't. He obviously wasn't very inspired this week. Mm. And it's so mixed, it's... mixed very badly. It's so low. It's odd considering what most so many people used to complain—it was too loud. Mm. You couldn't hear anything. Mm. I like could barely hear the music, and it so you slid... might as well not bother.
2: Yeah, it slid off me completely. I have to say, you, you mentioned it, I thought, oh yeah, there must be music on it, but I can cannot, <laughs> cannot remember anything about it at all.
1: Mm. I've got, I've got a few more notes on Silurians. Mm-hmm. I, I Go on. Th- our first si- sighting of the Silurians, running around the graveyard, despite the inexplicable dry ice floating around mm. the tombstones. Mm. The Silurians, yeah, that, that, that was quite... That it's, um, it's trying to tap into a sort of ghost story vibe
3: mm.
1: on and off, and that's one of the points. And, uh, the production, in I don't think, always does that any favours. It's not always in sympathy with what Chris was, was up to, but that's one section where it works quite well. In fact, we didn't really finish talking about, um, what's her name again? The Silurian? Al- Aleia. Aleia I Alicia, the means, so. Alicia Keys. Alicia yeah. Keys, I mean, yes. She hasn't just got this plan. She actually knows that when she says, I know which one of you will kill me, that's quite mm. sophisticated, knowing enough about psychology mm. to identify that. It's a bit contrived, but I do <coughs> I did quite like that. Although, oh dear, there's always a flip side to everything, isn't there? How do, she says, I know apes. How did she know apes? Mm. Mm. Well, they were just tiny little scurrying mammals when she was last. Um,
3: <laughs> Let's conscious. get on to. No, so she um,
1: does not know humans. What she n- means is, I know humans. I know human psychology. And she uh, doesn't. That must be a complete lie. So that's Unless they've weird. been
0: sort of popping up every now and then. Well, did they
1: explain th- that in part two, which. Well, this is a thing. Which, that which as ma- we know, I didn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. I've been trying to keep that from you for as long as possible. But it's time to come clean. Mm. I. Because I only watched part one Because that's where the the semi-tangential link to Frontios is mm. So I'm not yes. really interested in Silurians I just want, I'm just talking mm. about the Hungry Earth uh, mm.
2: Yes, well Malakai does come out with something And it's just like, what the hell's been going on here? Because basically there's a thing towards the end of the second episode, I think Where Malakai kind of reveals And just when they're getting the little boy out of cold storage Where they've had him and so he he says something about he's been down there for a couple of hundred years on his own. So presumably, therefore, before any of the military woke up, because mm. of the, because of the the systems picked up the threat of the encroaching drill on their oxygen pocket. And he he says, and there's a, there's a line that implies that his his family have been you know, or other scientists have been working there for centuries. Mm. Um, and but the the thing is, he then talking in the plural talks about oh. I don't hurt the kids, I, you know, I don't harm the kids, I just slow down their life cycles and put them into storage. So this is the implication, and this is just, this is just after matters uh, after the Doctor has had, to, has had some line about, I kind of love you, Malaché. Yeah. this mm. vivisectionist Soluian scientist who has been... Um, <laughs> just in yeah. case
1: I haven't been critical enough about this story, that was the thing I hated most. Mm-hmm. That is just yeah. absolute nonsense. He mm-hmm. does the same yeah. thing in part one, which I did watch. Uh, where he's babbling on about how beautiful Alicia Keys is. Mm -hmm. Although he doesn't admit it. (laughs) I'm not going to read that out. One of my notes is quite rude. (laughs) His first comment is, you are beautiful. And uh, I just, yes, of course. No, I'm not saying that the Doctor shouldn't see the beauty in all sentient creatures. But he doesn't walk up to Mira Sial and say, you're beautiful. Why is he so excited to see a Silurian again? Mm -hmm. I I just think it's... um a bit is partial. He, mm. Is he the, the the James Blunt of um of the <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. He, he doesn't it doesn't turn on a sixpence and immediately start turn cold on her. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. So um so that seems mm-hmm. better. But no, in in part two, yeah. that's just nonsense. Yeah. So yeah, so
2: yes, so, I mean, so there is there is an implication that they have been snatching people for a prolonged period from this from, from presumably from the village above. Or from, yeah. the, from the surrounding neighbourhood, and there's also an implication that they've been, because he talks specifically about children plural, that there should be some other kids in cold storage down there that then get, <laughs> that then get conveniently forgotten about. And it's just, and at that point the the uh, plot goes off down its um, fairly predictable yes resolution with Vestak deciding and she's going to um, go tonto and take over.
0: It's a little bit It's a little bit like the Brexit negotiations, because essentially, you know, they're, they're making quite good progress at coming up with a deal, and then, you know, the thugs come along and decide that they're not happy with that, and they're not going to support the deal. So what they do is they just decide to postpone the whole thing for a while, and they hope that by the time they come back to it again, everything will have sorted itself out. But, you know, of course, in this case, it's a thousand years rather than six months, but it doesn't really feel as
1: if that's going to sort anything much out. <laughs> That's a thought. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm speechless. I, that's um, such a good analogy. Mm. Uh, uh,
2: yes, yeah, just thinking... I mean, I mean,
0: toxic fumigation might actually do a good job on uh, the, the, the current lot. But anyway, I mean, I'm mm. not suggesting it, I'm just saying.
2: Because <laughs> of the gas. <laughs> mm. yes. Yeah, what you were saying about with regard to this thing about Alia knowing which one will kill them. Yeah. Now, one of the big issues i have with this cuz i don't have i kind of i kind of feel like okay the the characters are written possibly realistically they're not they're not they're not kind of russell t davis ones where they absolutely come singing off the page you know with a with a couple of brilliantly yeah. brilliantly written lines but i i kind of think okay this is like you know th- this little this village setup plays to Chibnall's strengths in terms of it's a, it's not a million miles away from broadchurch mm-hmm and that you can have, you know, although we've only got a, you know, this tiny bubble cast. At least I, it wasn't, it wasn't making my skin crawl in the way that his constant, ill-founded attempts to do space opera, and, and do hard-boiled spacer talk stuff mm. absolutely,
1: you know. I'll give you that.
2: Made my, <laughs> made my knuckles itch every time, you know, every time he does it. So I feel like it was kind of playing to his strengths in that regard. But the thing that does set my teeth on edge rather is unfortunately Ambrose who has got rather the most important thing and I'm, I'm not sure whether it's just the I don't want to wail on the actress but yeah I just feel like I am not sure whether it's the actress or whether it's the whether it's the way she's written because the problem is I think personally I, I kind of feel that her the problem is she's she's one note throughout as soon yeah. the, from the moment we meet her unfortunately the 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 script puts her, puts her puts her in a position where the first thing is that her husband's gone missing, yeah the second thing that is you know is that they're under siege and. I can't remember, but it does rather pile everything, yeah, but the problem is it feels like it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work because we don't see it. it would have been much more effective if she'd started out and we'd seen her sunnier side, yeah, and so we'd seen it actually had a light personality and was gradually. Twisted towards this and doing this awful thing, out of desperation, then, it would have been and then much more effective. Thought, mm. We could
1: have thought that could have been any one of us. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, we would yeah. have thought, yeah, well, I might have done the same. Yeah. Thing. But they make a from the moment a bit of a, bit of a sod from the she's beginning. The
2: shrewish, yeah, which, she's a shrewish. Yeah. She's a shrewish beginning.
1: Cheat, and... Cheating. If you're going to do that sort of pompous mm. moralising, which never sat well for me in in classic New Who. Mm. And, yeah, you've got to be a bit cleverer about it. Mm, and yeah. I would even say the man who wrote Broadchurch should should be better at it. Mm, true. Mm. Okay, it was very contrived, but everyone had... <laughs> because there were far more shades of grey in most of the characters in Broadchurch. Admittedly, there had to be, because you had a new suspect every week. But, mm, um, mm. yeah, that's... It's, it's just a waste, isn't it? It's a waste of of that side of the story when it isn't actually teaching you anything. It's just... Saying, "Look, nasty person does nasty thing. Mm. Doctor yes. is sad. Mm. Yes. There's nothing more yeah. to it than that. If it's if no, <clears throat> she doesn't have an arc, mm. Mm.
2: yeah. And then, but I so I do like the um just vaguely touch on that, and because it's only a very minor thing. But one thing where I, I did make a note: my God, Matt is good in this. It's that the thing that little confrontation where with Ambrose about the weapons when she goes to the car. And yeah, he's he's alongside her. And there's just there's just the, the look he gives her. It's just like, yeah, nailed it.
1: Is that in um, You're better than this. It's
2: um, he does. I don't, it, I don't think he says. It, I don't think he says anything. Other, he says. Oh, he no, does. He no says, weapons, and he he just gives her. A, he gives her the most chilling look. It's just one. It's one yeah. of those moments when, you know, what Matt was so good at was sometimes channeling the channeling the eleven hundred year old Time Lord from inside. It's just one of those moments where you get the weight of the character if you know perhaps what I mean. there's,
1: perhaps there's another scene where he says to her you're better than this but um, it, I know what you mean he performs it well the script slightly no significantly overstates it yeah so I don't so. think
2: it I don't think it is that I think it might be earlier no. than that because I don't think yeah. it's it's not nearly as on the, it's not as on the nose <laughs> they don't expect him to deliver anything it's just a it's just done in a look that's something yeah he does, and of course, because it's a couple of days since i watched it now, I don't have... And I didn't put time codes next to my notes. Damn.
1: Talking of not wanting to rail on an actress, mm-hmm. which you said very very nobly earlier, can I just mention Mira Sayal? Am, I, am I, I'm i going to regret saying this. I think she's a perfectly good actress, Mira Sayal, but is it only me who thinks she's completely miscast here? I'm sure there are many... I can imagine many parts she would have been perfect for, and... I can, this isn't the one for me. It it mm. just does not. It seems like a massive miscasting to me. It seems like just to re- look ahead to the fifth Doctor era It's it, to me, it's she's like the Beryl Reed of <laughs> De, De it's, it's as big a mistake as that for me. I just cannot believe a word, anything that this character says or does, because <laughs> that character, in my opinion, is not Mira Sayal
2: uh, you're talking to you. You may be making the argument in the wrong direction because I. I'm a staunch defender of the Beryl Reed casting decision. <laughs> 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 All right then. Well, let me, um, let me no, go it...
1: further, sir. It's worse than Beryl Reed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, Reed. I can't... It's, worse than Beryl. I'm sure. I'm sure Mira Sial is not anywhere near as baffled or bewildered by the situation she's in as Beryl Reed. But, um <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But despite that, I don't think she. Is able to grab the bull by the horns. I just mm. don't believe she's a scientist or, <laughs> we, or a person. I just don't believe it. I mm. can't see beyond her, and it has nothing to do with her acting because she's fine. I just think somebody mi- she was miscast. It's um, now
2: you say it's
1: yes. It's um yeah. No. Who directed this, by the way? I forgot to mention Ash- Ashley Way. Oh, there's a name. Not to conjure with. I don't remember anything about him. How it sounds like a, a housing estate, doesn't it?
2: He does indeed. It,
1: I thought it was significantly less well directed than the average new Who. <laughs> it reminds. <laughs> well, me if
2: it's any if it's any help, uh, Google brings up Home Ashley Way. Our services from your front door throughout your home and your personal garden space. Yeah. We can assist yeah. you with all your. Production is, that, is that what he's been reduced to?
0: I don't, I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, it's a it's a funny episode because you know, you've got, it sort of feels quite rushed, you've got Nazreen, you know, M- M- Mira Siles' character deciding to stay down below along with her mate, the mm. Granddad, and then, so they do all that, and, and, and it sort of, it seems to be all over in a hurry, and then they've got the sort of five minute classic moffat okay, well now we're going to do the arc bit. Mm. They kill Rory again. Oh my god. You know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Mm. Um... Except this time they do a bit better because, as Giles pointed out, he's never existed.
2: Isn't it's this the first time they kill Rory though? No, no,
0: no. 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 He, he died. He died in um, Amy's choice. Isn't Amy's choice before? Oh this?
2: yeah. Uh, no. Oh. He
0: must be because he's because he doesn't appear again until there's the autumn. Anyway, the point the, the point <laughs> is that if they've killed Rory again, yes. But then they decide to go outside and have a look at the explosion. You know, it's, it seems a bit dangerous to me. I don't really mm. understand that. And, th- and then there's a bit more of it as well. So it, it, I don't know. It just feels like they rush to finish the thing, and then they've got about five or ten minutes of fluff at the end mm. when they could have maybe had more plot in the second episode. But that's I, 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 I just I, it, it, the same thing happens in um, Flesh and Stone that they they rush through and ha- have it all done and dusted about thirty five minutes, then faff around
1: back in Amy's bedroom for. Mm. Too long. Does anyone else agree with me that direction isn't all it could be? That you know, it could have lifted, lifted the weaker points of the script if it had been better. Mm. Mm. I think it's most, it, it's mostly that when he goes for tension or scares or anything outside of generic drama, mm. the direction doesn't rise to the challenge.
2: Looking at his looking at his own DP, he's he directed six episodes of Torchwood. Oh yeah, um, series two by the looks of it. Hmm. Uh, oh no, series—he did end of days and and then others in yeah. So he did some series one, some series two, okay. and he'd done belonging, which I think was a Welsh. Wasn't that a Welsh soap
1: with Eve, Eve Miles? Ah, and See, then, this, that is the sort of thing I would expect to find on. And, and the then he CV. then he
2: did these two Who's, some Sarah Jane, some Merlin's, and uh, various things since. There's a yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've,
0: I've I feel like I've been a bit nitpicky on this, and actually, I quite enjoyed it. You know, I mean, it, it, uh, as we said at the start, it wasn't it wasn't fantastic, but it was all right. Yeah, and, and you know, certainly, <coughs> it we it had a it had a momentum about it in the first episode, hmm. which I quite
1: yes, liked. Yes, yeah, it did. You're yes, absolutely right. Yeah. Can I it's just plot um, it? Hmm. The plotting is good. I'll give it that.
2: Hmm. Um, if, if you're going to apologise for being nitpicky, Richard. I'm not going to apologise for the following. <laughs> uh, they, they screw up the Silurian timeline even further. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> no, they've. Um, no, I'm. As, he as to you refer to as 300 you know, million years
1: ago. Sorry? Does he need to refer to 300 million he d- he years? He does
2: indeed, time? yes, which is a smack bang um, at the end of the Carboniferous. So that gives us <laughs> another. Yes, I was going to say that. The Carboniferous. Mm. Yes, one of my favourite eras. Yes. Yeah. um... So, so we're we're not in the solarium, We're not in the ear When, in... <laughs> why
1: then? Is there any justification for this at all?
2: There, so, uh, not so far as I can figure out. And actually, for me, you know, as as you know, I try to put the day job to one side when it comes to all of yeah. this. And um, and but you know, it's still it's fun sometimes to pick at it and just just laugh at the pickles they get themselves <laughs> into. And in, in this case, yeah, because the problem is. Obviously, this is all well before the dinosaurs, and you would think that anyone would, you know... I've never understood why they haven't just... why no one at any point seems to have taken it upon themselves to dig themselves out of this hole uh, that they've got themselves (laughs) into over the the solarium dating. Unless, of course, dinosaurs on a spaceship did it later, but I'm not sure whether... um... Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so 300 million years ago is at the end of the Carboniferous, so that's all swamp forests and all of that... Yeah. And there was a mass extinction then, but it's obviously long, long before, right. as we know now, the the moon forming event. Yes there were, you know, um was before any life on Earth really. But why they yes. haven't why no one's just taken it upon themselves when when the Silurians are so obviously in every other regard we're meant to view them as was around at the same time as the dinosaurs. I mean they've got a pet yeah. t- they've got a pet unconvincing T Rex in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turned the Silurians, haven't they? So why they haven't just them to being at the end of the Cretaceous? and yeah. the Cretaceous. And right, okay, given, yes, that's where I'd have put them. Which is you know, which would be sixty-five million years ago, and you've even got the you know, you've got the impact as we know now. Yeah, you know, if it's you know, any
1: use to you, I, I did try to make a Silurian, Stroke Eocene joke in my most recent script. No ah, right. um, but I can expand it and have some excellent Carboniferous gags in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so thank you for that. Uh, mm. While you've got your Doctor Science clipboard on, mm-hmm. Giles, can you any comment on the use of the phrase Homo reptilia?
2: Oh God, I, don't get I've me started. F- yeah, I don't I know, know. I've, I've, re- I've really mm.
1: given you that on a plate, haven't I? <laughs> Go on. Even I know what's wrong with that. But you, yes, well,
2: quite, Yes, genus Homo, species reptilia. Uh, so yes. Uh, that's implying, if you want to take it as red, that's that's implying there are are different species, so they're close cousins of humanity in terms of actually being, you know, they should be same part, you know, they're, they're like Neanderthals to us. Yeah. is yeah. the implication of calling them Homo reptilia.
1: I seem to remember people at the time suggesting that it should have been Reptilia sapiens. Reptilia would sapiens would
2: work, yes. Yeah. Uh, mm. Potentially. Yeah, I'm sure you could have come up with more. It's, it's a... Mm.
1: Oh, mate! I'll put that in my script. Hang on, I haven't done the second draft yet. There's still time. Ah, there you As go. you were. As you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So, the, so the whole being sucked down by the um, Earth oh, thing, which which is, you know, ostensibly mm. the link between this and and, and uh, Frontios.
1: Not ostensibly, Richard. It's the
0: only one we've got. <laughs> don't, don't talk it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the the odd part about that is. That they sink, what, sort of six to 12 inches, and then they've got another 30 odd miles to go to get yes. to wherever they need to go. It, it's a little
1: bit odd. It is odd. Yes. I mean, without getting ahead of us, I don't. I never found the, uh, the mechanism by which people survive being dr- sucked down into the earth in front of us particularly convincing, but goodness mm. me, this puts the tin hat on it. Yeah, they're, um, only, they're only going a few feet in that, aren't they? Yes. 21 yeah. kilo, But then uh, it, they do try to explain, don't they? It's, the, the doctors. Waffle about bioprogramming. I'm a, in fact, and, and maybe in episode two as well, which I didn't watch mm. famously. Do it, they explain it, it, any better? It, Are they it, in it, some it, sort of pocket? Is
0: bioprogramming the, the one that gets rid of the dirt without having to heat it up to 60 degrees?
1: <laughs> their the no boil wash. It does, it, yes. It, it explains away whatever you were going to say, whatever objection you were going to raise, it explains <laughs> it away. Oh, good. Mm. Yeah, Off screen. <laughs> Does it Do they actually say anything about them creating a pocket of air that they can survive in as they take make this descent? Never mind. Oh, Lord. The temperature.
0: We, mm. We'll retrospectively assume that your excellent <laughs> explanation has been edited into it. Mm.
2: <laughs> yes, I honestly can't yep. remember that. But yes, no, the, well, as I've said, this whole thing with Malachi and you know, what's been going on, it feels like there's a whole loose thread, loose end there. Hmm. I think.
1: If we're moving on to this topic, which I, I would like you uh, to mean, have think, I've think, saved the last, I think we might even get onto Frontios in a bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, keep going. Um, yeah, uh, it's mostly played for horror. And again, a very minor nitpick, but it takes over. The, it takes the first half of the first episode, doesn't it? It's like the first twenty-five minutes or mm. something is all about the the mystery of where mm-hmm. people are disappearing to, where bodies are disappearing to, mm. before we move on to the Silurians, And it's, yeah. for me, the connection between the two storylines is only just solid enough. It's, it's one of those things which I, again, I always moan about, where when you've got your, your little pool of ideas and your, your little jigsaw, your little collection of pieces, and you're trying mm. to fit them together when you're plotting a story, you reach a point where, you know, they never fit perfectly first time, so you shuffle them around. And mm. you, you, you discard a few because they're just not going to fit. And for me, this, this one, it reminds me of that fantastic storyline of the sentient sat at the beginning of Santaran Stratagem, which gives us 10 or 15 minutes of excitement and then is completely forgotten about. Mm. There's this bizarre uh, cro- attempt to crowbar into the Santaran storyline and then mm. they move on. And we know why that happened. That happened because the story needed a bit of extra bite at the beginning and Russell generously reached into his bag of ideas and said look there's a thing about sentient sat he gave it to the writer I think mm. and they bolt it on the beginning and it shows now here this isn't quite <coughs> as bad but I just don't think they do it, Chris does his absolute best to make it fit but mm. of course it does mean that the first quarter or just slightly over the story is is horror it's mm. it, that's what it's all about there's the mystery before we see well actually no, we do see somebody being pulled down in the very first scene yeah. don't mm. which is probably a mistake But then, you know, with the ups of the stakes, the next time we see it, there are lots of holes appearing. So there's the tension of. There's potentially, if uh, under a better director, the tension of getting out of the way of these damn things. But then alongside that, you've got a more Pertwee ish, a more Quatermassy, a a more Ghost, a more MR Jamesy. I don't know. I'm just throwing in (laughs) descriptions here. You've got the the little boy tells us that the greaves round here eat people, he Mm. says in a Welsh accent. Yeah, which, again. Which is definitely which is in my opinion and Chris must have been channelling Frontios here. Yeah, that's very frontossian. Because to skip ahead, and I'm gonna have to here. Yeah, why not? Um Norma Brackets Leslie mm. Dunlop in Frontios tells of how as a child she was told the earth is hungry on Frontios. Mm. Now that's kind of spooky. Yeah. The Graves Round Here Eat People is an attempt to do the same thing and like yeah. so much it doesn't quite Work. It's just not mm. sold properly. Well, there's another learning. Not for if, there's the li- no if the little boy, if little boy said, "Oh, my old granny always used to say the graves round here eat people," mm. then you've, you're actually going for that. You're actually getting the atmosphere yeah. and the sense. But of course, you can't because it's something that's only just started happening. Mm. Mm. And the, the grave, the body just being out the grave again should be really unsettling. Mm. Mm. And it doesn't quite work. So they've thrown in. He's thrown in as many different exa- ways of. Setting up this idea as he can—is it explained um, why they are su- occasionally mistakenly sucking down dead corpses? No, no This what, is the no. whole thing with so Malakai. We're, we're just supposed to roll with that, yeah. This yeah. is
2: the whole thing of Malakai's under under. Uh, unless mm. I, unless I zoned out and missed large amounts of exposition, but I don't no. recall doing that. Uh, yes, I've just at great,
1: great length said that this uh, this idea doesn't. Is bolted onto the front of the story and then discarded and the rest of it's about Silurian. So please rescue me if that's not true. I mean, as you say in the second episode, there's a lot more about their ongoing tests on humans. Mm, yeah. How important is that to the story? Is that just to justify the Hungry Earth opening? It's
2: just. To ju- it seems it... to be just to justify the cliffhanger and having the, having yeah. the yeah. Silurian scientists... Um, that's what I remember. ...character to have so some... We can to to have some mild peril with regard to mild vivisection peril. As they probably, <laughs> probably call it on the uh,
1: yes, and specifically being a horror story. Though I mean, goodness me, the, the pre the pre cliffhanger of Amy watching in ho- as the sailor in Doctor approaches her with his mm. mask over his face and a massive dripping um needle in his mm. hand. It's just like something out of a absolute Z list horror film. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Well it's very like
0: uh, what's his face the big eyebrows in the underwater menace isn't it
2: it's <sighs> mm.
1: it is it would it would not have survived the australian censors <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah very true mm. so in that yeah. blissful parallel universe where the where the hungry earth and cold blood was wiped mm. and and is believed missing that's the only bit we'd have and mm. I'd all be looking at it thinking oh I wish she could have the... I wish so, <laughs> wish Indiana Jones would find this in a locker in Zambia. I'd love to see this one yeah. again. And just like with the underwater menace, we'd be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: yes. Just can anyone remember the details on on what was? Isn't this an, isn't this a case where there were very there was very heavy re- rewriting of the second episode on the fly? I think.
1: I knew you. I knew you were going to say that, and I'd completely forgotten it until you did. Mm-hmm. Until you opened your mouth there. Yes. So for all that I'm blaming Chris Chibnall, I seem to remember he had much more elaborate ideas, and a lot of it was cut back for practical reasons. Is that right? What, so they
0: could fit in that bit about the um, crack at the
1: end. Oh yes, I suppose so. Yes.
0: Or, 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 or you mean because they weren't realizable on? Uh, yes, on no. I, I think
1: no. The the latter. <laughs> that he actually he actually wrote a really good story. Right. And okay. they said we can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. Okay. And unlike with the horse at the end of um, Girl in the Fireplace, he did not win. Mm, and right. He then had to rewrite it and come up with cheaper. I had a feeling. Less, um,
2: I had a feeling there was uh, at least a dinosaur, and I have. I have a feeling there's, okay. so, there's a story somewhat similar to, the, to the Tractatus, to do with some some kind of, swirly things or things that wrapped around people. Or...
1: So a lot of our criticisms may have been redundant in the universe in which he got he in which he got his wish, but, mm. you know, it
2: it has to. Stand or fall by what what makes it to the screen I it feel. Does. I think otherwise.
1: Mm. Can I just shouldn't one of us do some proper research? Shouldn't one of us buy the have <laughs> gone back to our well thumbed copy of this season five ah, uh, DWM mm. special. No <laughs> <I'm> checked. <laughs> no. Mm. Um, where's the fun I've, in that?
0: I, I think I think the time has come when we really ought to start talking about Frontier, so we never will.
3: Mm. Mm.
1: Do you know the main thing the two stories have got in common? What's that then? one of the earliest scenes involves somebody being um, sucked down into the ground mm. unexpectedly. It's almost mm. like that's uh, a way you could link the two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Um, well, talking of what we were talking of earlier, isn't there, isn't there actually the, the different line, uh, Frontier suppose Its Own Dead, is yes. in there as well. There
1: yeah. in the... Exactly. Christopher H. Bidmid is a much underrated writer. That's two very poetic mm. lines. Yeah. Uh, one of which chris sh- lifted to be the title of his story and
0: yes. yeah well, well i mean i uh, so, so, so my memory of Frontios was that it was full of very good comedy and i think that's perhaps a, overplaying it a little but it is but it's full of very wry and, and amusing lines i mean it it it, it, it does have that there's it, lots of nice dialogue in there i mean even that opening thing about you know not hat people are you I mean it's it's a little bit it's a little bit wacky but but I I quite like it. I mean Davison's character in this is subtly
1: different from most of the rest of his. Oh, I think he's um,
2: yeah, never better than in this. I like the yeah, fact yeah. that you
1: felt compelled to point out that that line is a little bit wacky. You wouldn't have pointed that out if that was a line from New Who given to any of the new doctors. Mm. And it does stand out, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And today I'd always thought of this as the one where the fifth doctor is funny. Yes. And mm. But, um, just, you know, just to really reduce it. But what I actually thought from watching these two back-to-back is that he's quite eccentric. And he, he did he actually, you know, there are odd moments. I don't want to overstate this, but there are odd moments that even remind me of Matt Smith. Yeah, But yeah. that's only mm. because I'd watch them back-to-back. But it's um, definitely there. He's eccentric in a way that's not quite backward-looking. It's not Chris writing for Tom Baker or something. It's something... Mm. Knew he's discovered here, mm. and yet um, there are other moments when the Doctor is comically absent-minded, which uh, seem to be lo- you know looking back to maybe William Hartnell. Yes, and it r- remind one of the original conception of the Fifth Doctor, which was that he was a, what was it, a young man and an old man's pot? Bo- no, nope, old man and a young other man's one, yeah. <laughs> Helps to get that around the right way. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, but it's not like they aren't uh, two different things. They they connect yeah. up the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, it's,
0: it's it's as if you think about it. What's happened is that we've had what two and a half seasons of Davison, and then the original script tellers reminded everybody, look, this is what it was supposed to be. But yes. unfortunately, we've only got two stories left now. Mm. yeah
1: and Eric saywood didn't, for whatever reason, didn't get the memo. Pick, pick up on <laughs> on those clues from Valver. No. Yes, yeah, and and really, in my opinion, as much as I like Peter Davison's portrayal, mm. goodness me, it could have been so much if we'd had you know three years of this. Mm. Yeah doctor who with his looking over his half moon glasses and mm. being forgetful and absent-minded saying bizarre things about hat stands i mean <laughs> well, he would be much better remembered i think yeah, he, yeah. he'd be remembered as fo- as as fondly as he should be mm. yeah
0: there's even that bit of business with um, janet fielding in the se- in the know, third or fourth episode where he's pretending she's an android Yes. oh yes yes hmm. when you said that um you remember cheap cause the
1: wall's not quite right yeah <laughs> and as for the accent <laughs> yeah, yeah. does he say And as for the accent the thing is yes. what i was going to say if you re- you may have been thinking of the novel which is even funnier i mean i think mm. the tv version is very well written very funny mm. yeah. but the novel is um, one of my absolute favorites because i can't think of many other novels which insert so much material that was lost to the TV version, mm.
2: right? I really need to book my copy out and read it.
1: Yeah, I remember him sticking a screwdriver in Tegan's ear and fiddling with it when he's in the middle of the android <laughs> scene. Mm. Mm. It's funny.
2: Can I? Yes, my experience of this. I, I remember watching it at the time, and um, back in those pre VHS days, um, as they were for me, I had a tape machine plugged into my telly, and i had I had C ninety audio with this oh, yeah. uh, with it all crammed on. I think, edited it in the middle yeah. to fit it all onto a 90-minute tape. Right. On the fly. And uh, it was quite a... Um, although I must have had these revelations before when I watched it. It's not like I haven't watched it since broadcast. It's one of my faves. But even in that case, it probably only means I've watched it three or four times. And I always get these reminders of you know things that I missed beforehand. And little bits of business that never made any sense on never made any sense on audio, like the weird <laughs> woman that cries out, "Mr. Range," in the <laughs> background. <laughs> it's, it's like a pr- it, Proustian rush I get when I hear that. <laughs> does it
1: work well yeah. in audio? Because I was, I would have thought it would be very atmospheric. I think it is very oh, it. Oh, it was. It's, it's just those funny little sleep. bits
2: where you um, where you hmm. where you missed where you suddenly
1: think, "Oh, that's what was happening when that." Yes. Mm. Made brazen say something or other, and um, yeah, for me, the pre I get the pre rush because as I was saying before we came on air, I remember the, the season 21 trailer that was on the BBC mm. very fondly. I happened mm. to record it on you poor thing not having a video. We had it, I ah, the no. first season, season I taped in full, oh, on okay, VHS. Mm. yeah, and all the little snippets of dialogue that are in that season <laughs> 21 trailer. Yeah. Are old friends whenever we come across them.
0: Mm. I mean, the other thing, the reason why you might get a Proustian rush is because it couldn't be more 1984 if it tried. Really, you know. I mean, I mean, Janet Fielding is looking very sort of mid 80s. You've yeah, got.
1: Be careful what you say about her costume. Nah, yes. It, it's no. Eight. Well, it's it, it, but it's
0: but it's that really. You know, she, she she just looks like she stepped out of the 1980s. Mm. There's, there's, there's no question about it. The... The uh, you've got the Andean pipe music kind of thing going on. It's <laughs> you know the 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 uh, the flight of the condor oh. film thing had only just been on and it's that kind of uh, thing. I mean I, I mean I like the music. Had, I, I, I made do, that but it's very but reminiscent
2: yes.
1: of that. I've always liked the music on this. Yeah. Who's yeah. the composer? Paddy Kingsland. Is it Paddy Kingsland, mm. right? See yeah, um I mean, again it's completely backwards for me because this is the one I had on VHS and I was able to watch over and over again. mm, mm. Like a lot of the p- composers of that era, his, um, his music's very identifiable and is mm. basically sounds very similar in all the stories he did. But and to me, it all means Frontios. So when mm. I watch The Visitation or um, one of those others he did, I'm just thinking, this music doesn't, this isn't right for this story. This is Frontios music. <laughs> it just seems perfectly mm. matched to this the atmosphere of this one. Mm. Mm. Pan pipes or no pan pipes.
3: mm
0: yeah, I mean, I've been whistling the tune ever since I watched it, so it's almost very catchy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There you
1: go. Can you, can you edit in a... In a, version or <laughs> a brass version of that later on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, other lovely dialogue from the first episode, the thing about
1: failure-proof technology. What happened? Mm. Well, it failed and nothing survived the crash. Yeah, we... But- Yes, I watched that episode earlier on with with Mrs. Paul Morris, and she laughed out loud at that, time, which <laughs> was, I was delighted by. Yeah, yeah. The other thing she noticed, which I thought was interesting, was the rip off of the Blake Seven costumes, which I should have noticed mm, as a child right. and didn't. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't spot that. Maybe I'm not a costume person.
2: Mm. Mm. Oh yeah, I, but, I remember that. One of the things I liked most about this, and I was it was interesting watching it with a sort of slightly more critical eye and looking for things to discuss. But one of the things I like most about it is it's very good the whole first episode apart from apart from um the disappearing corpse of of revere or, um <laughs> we don't really the whole episode is just world building about yes you know yes there's a mysterious threat yeah, yeah but the whole thing is is entirely an exercise in world building this this crash you know this colony in crisis. Yep. Mm. and And obviously, I think you know i'm am not sure in the the fascistic overtones of it that it's clearly yeah. you've got the portraits of you know the, the big mural of Revere behind mm-hmm. behind Plantagenet's yeah. throne and big brother style thing, mm. and obviously you know with the fed- his, the fact, fact we've got federation Revere. the fact we got federation helmets around the place helps with that whole uh, vibe. Mm. Uh, and yes, indeed, he's called Revere and the son's called Plantagenet. Now, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out uh, the whole thing. It does feel, I mean, whether it's just the addition of Plantagenet, but is I feel like you know, is he is he kind of going for like Henry the Fourth, Part Two here or something like that? The whole thing to me feels like it's a Shakespearean, it's a futuristic Shakespearean history play. Oh,
0: it it, it certainly feels like somebody said to Peter Gilmore. <laughs> he, can you can can you give me Captain Anidin but but you know ten times as big, please? But children, but, so no, but unfortunately, unfortunately, <coughs> he's the only one who's acting like that. Everyone else is being remarkably subtle around him, mm. and he just he, he's he's uh, turned it up to fifteen
1: or whatever. <laughs> it's a lovely cast, and we mm, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. We should, I suppose we have to mention the fact that chat playing range took over very late in the day, didn't he?
2: Yeah, it's hard Gil. to imagine. F- the phone f- was able to say William it?
1: Lucas. Oh, no, that is him.
2: Oh, it? sorry? Is yeah. It? Oh, yeah. OK. He...
1: It won't go into the details of no, no, um... why he had to step into the park, but he's hmm. he's delightful.
0: Yeah, yeah, he, he, he's one of yes. the best
2: things, isn't it? yeah, definitely. Um, and, of course. And the young Jeff role, of course, is great, actually. yeah, yeah. And, mm. um,
1: it seems strange um, to think that Z Donkey is only a few years after this, was mm, consider- yes. <laughs> which yeah. I think of as having the mature Jeff Rawl in it. But yes, yeah. Yeah. I, that's my mind playing tricks. Uh, yes. I think he's not quite as young as he looks in it, but mm. nonetheless, no, yeah. no, he's playing playing Billy Liar ten years earlier. Is it Billy Liar he was in? I,
2: no- I noticed um, just getting back to yeah, you know, getting back to this because it's a it's a it's a little. Thing that I've been—it's been niggling at me since I, was, since I was watching it, and you know this, yeah. this whole thing about that there's you know the kind of untested kid boy king, as it were, who's you know ill-advised and so on, and yeah. and they the way they shoot it, they even give you know some some bits are framed almost to give to give Jefferall soliloquies, you know, where he's he's if not, it's not quite on the on the scale of caves of Andersani with giving John Normington. You know, yeah, just <laughs> a size direct to camera, but there's there's stuff that's shot so that he's he's in foreground talking to us and pr- yes. and pronouncing, giving his speeches and things, and um, it's it's as much directed to you know out of the screen as it is, uh, which is it's interesting because it's not, and in some in some places, I so, mean this is Ron Jones directed this, <laughs> and I know he's generally not considered to be of the first. Order, and unless I'm, unless I'm generally not, nope. no, no, um, it's interesting because there's other places where I'll happily pick up later where I think you know, I feel like it's oh, yeah, yeah, he does drop the you know, it's <laughs> like the staging, yeah, it's just like that, Yeah, know, there are issues where they've they've mucked up the staging mm. and it's it does drop the ball rather in that regard, but there's some some little composition I'm, of certain things that's really nice. Oh, yeah, done. I'm
1: generally very happy with the direction of this, and mm. I don't, yeah. yeah. And we, you know, we, we could spend an episode discussing what it is that brings out the best in, in Ron Jones, mm. but yeah. this seems to be it for me. He's yeah. all the sh- <laughs> I, I assume he's one of those, you know, like a lot of Doctor Who directors, he's not particularly happy when the monsters are when time it comes time for the monsters, mm. but when it's act when it's drama and mm. he knows he knows what sort of tone to go for, and yeah, look, the framing's terrific. Mm. A lot of the atmosphere mm. comes from his direction. Mm.
2: Yeah. There's that lovely also, shot. also map paintings.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paintings.
2: Yeah. Yes. There's one. Which one? Unfortunate shot at the start of I think one of one of the establishing shots of the crash ship that looks really ropey But there's other stuff that looks yes. gorgeous actually. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Bits where they're climbing yeah. around in the innards, and they've obviously got a mat, and then. Yeah. Mm. Yes. yes
0: it's, it's, oh. It is. You're right. It's, it's
1: a stat, that establishing shot that's just grim, mm. but the rest of it is very good. It's such a little thing that the use of map paintings, and who knows whose idea that was, but it just, as this is all done, said in the studio, <coughs> it really does mm. help give it a sense of scale and makes you wonder why they didn't mm. do it more often. Mm. There's a lovely yep, shot
2: of right, right at the start of episode two, well, it's at, at the end of episode one, and and the start of episode two, because it's the first shot in episode two, just as the bombardment is clearing, where where the Doctor, Taylor and Tegan are sheltering under that little bit of awning or whatever and there's mist mm. rolling across and the the, the lighting on it it's just it's just gorgeous it's just a lovely you know night yeah
1: much mm. much better lit than is that usual for mm. this era the only over the only brightly lit scene is when they're up on the on the hull of the yeah, ship yeah which i find strangely the, mm, effective which, actually it's yeah quite, it's,
2: quite a clever idea it's mm. whited out completely
1: i mean i suppose we should list all the pro- all the things that don't come across as well just before it becomes a complete love in i mean there (laughs) are there's certain production problems and i wouldn't blame ron jones this because he's depending on a lot of other people when it comes to special effects Mm. i mean unfortunately there are some things that affect the storytelling i mean the the opening scene which i referred to earlier doesn't quite come across as clearly Mm. as as um Mm. the welsh chap being sucked down at the opening scenes of cold blood in fact you really you can't tell that Revere is supposed to have disappeared, if this mm. is your first viewing, uh, you'd yeah. be completely baffled as what's supposed to have happened. Mm. And, yeah, none of the um, I think sucked th- down effects really work, mm. do they? No. But you just have to roll with it.
2: I almost think with the disappearance of Revere, it's almost um, it actually almost works to its in its favour, the fact they don't have here, oh, well, here's, yes. a, here's a mysterious Doctor Who video it effect is a bit mysterious. of someone being sucked down to the ground.
1: I, d- I agree, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it I'm sure it was written that mm. in the script that you cut away and then he's, when he comes mm. back, and mm. he's gone. But I, I actually, yeah, I didn't actually mean that was a special effect. Mm. Maybe I should blame mm. Ron Jones for that because it's not really clear in the editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, sure. it's, yeah, I see yeah. what you mean, yeah. I mean, to, to this to is some particularly extent, fresh in my mind because uh, Mrs. Morris, who was sat next to me watching it earlier, mm. yeah. was nonplussed by that scene. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When I was I mean, looking
0: forward to her reaction. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to some extent, the... Um, you know, what works also in its favour is the fact that they don't reveal the Tractatus until right at the end of, of part two mm. so you're, you've actually got half the story without them in it which is you know mm. sadly ex- excellent because of the of the poor realisation I mean to, to to some extent, their realization is worse than the murker in Warriors of the Deep because, at least with the murker in Warriors of the Deep, it's it's a poor idea that's poorly
1: poorly realized. Whereas this is rather an excellent idea that's poorly realized. Yes, mm. especially as I said, if you've read the book and you know what it's supposed mm. to be. Yeah, I mean, lots of people have said of written in script, scary Doctor Who monster enters. Mm. And yeah. the monster <laughs> was not as scary as it was supposed to be. But, you know, that's yeah. just part of the course of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. particularly unfortunate that he was going for something. Chris is going something very clever. And he, he's really thought this through. Mm. He th- yeah. both has and he hasn't. I, he hasn't in the sense that he's written something he must have known they couldn't make. And yeah. apparently he continued to do this in the f- subsequent scripts that Eric Sayward had to keep <laughs> sending back <laughs> back to him. Right. But the big thing that's I don't have a big thing that, the mm. big thing that would have helped—that's in the book—is that they don't speak. Mm. So, right. whereas we get a typical doc, uh, monster voice mm. for the, from the Gravis. Yes. can you all remember how they communicate in the book?
2: Yes, I, I remember that. Yes. It's Go on, give, the, give
1: mm. the listeners a, a break from my voice.
2: I can't remember. It floated, but they had a um, they had a a, a head machine like a human. A head human, a human head. Yes. Yep.
1: And in, indeed there, are bo- that's two areas where where Chris's incredibly gruesome ideas don't mm. come to screen because the mm. th- tr- the mining machine is supposed to be not just mm. a metal mining machine with one body at the f- plugged into mm. it at the front controlling it, but the entire thing is made up of body parts. Mm. How right. he thought he, was e- he would ever have got that, A, that it would be practical to build on that budget mm. and B, that they would show it at half past seven mm. or no, earlier half six. But anyway, it's a fantastic idea. They have built this machine mm. from body parts. There are hands. There are hands sticking out the sides, polishing. There are hands at the front, um, scraping away the earth. Mm. Uh, at the side, polishing the tunnels. When they, when they're saying in episode two, these walls are very smooth. It's because there are dead human hands have polished mm-hmm. them to that, that nice sheen. Well, as you say, the floating head mm-hmm. speaking the, the woodlice's
2: orders. Mm. Well, apparently the um, it's like Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah, apparently they had um they they actually did have uh, extra tires that were inside the machine. So there are the the machine was designed with visible bits as built okay. to um to actually have limbs coming out of the side, and then yeah. they ended up on the day they didn't shoot it in that way, or when they right. edited it, they 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 shot did it, it. So did they it think it's too silly.
1: scary or just too silly? I don't Do know. I
2: honestly don't. Mm. Don't know. Yeah, but, um, but this, was, this is this is according gone the, either way in there. This was according to the production notes, subtitles on the DVD. Right, um, mm. they, they 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 know who was inside it. <laughs> but right. for
1: me, I don't have to bear all that in mind mm. when I'm watching it, thinking, "Oh, I know what Chris had in mind. Mm. It was yeah. so good. I still enjoy. Oh, it. I do I still do. I, do I don't too. think they're." Mm. I don't know. They're, I don't know if they're that much worse than the average monster. No, I don't, I don't find. We're not. We're not fully back. With... We're not fully backing in web planet territory. No, I don't.
2: I don't have a problem. Web I think they're a lovely bit of design. The actual dead costumes and the, I think they're very, hmm. they're effective in that regard. I think there's there are things. There's a little bit of you think. Oh, it's a shame they couldn't. You know, because the famous story of them, them hiring dance, dancers to be inside them so they could curl up and then. Yeah. Then coming back, the carapaces that didn't didn't allow them to curl. You can't help slightly look and think, oh, that would have been effective. And they're not always incredibly sympathetically shot. But I don't have I don't have that much problem with the you know I don't well I don't mm. have any problem at all with the with the design.
0: Yeah, I mean you, you you've got that kind of weird ending of part three as well, where the the machine arrives and they got and it closes in on the the actor's face and they say, oh, it's Captain Revere. Now, I mean, obviously, we've been talking about him mm. for, for the last uh, yeah. mm. 75 minutes, but you only get him very
1: briefly at the yep. very start. Mm. And the po- and the but we've Big seen... Brother's watching you, posters mm. aren't particularly recognisable, are they? All visible. No.
2: I think they're meant to be recognisable enough. I was thinking, yeah. OK, that's in there to be... That's there, that's there so everyone knows what he's like and has had yeah. him. It's,
0: it's no painting of Debbie Watling,
1: is what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 Good point. Hmm. However, production quibbles aside, mm, yeah. I think this is one of the best written stories. Mm, yeah, it's probably it would pro- edge get into my top ten Doctor Who scripts. I mm. think, I reckon. I think it's lovely, and I, th- Legopolis and Castrovalva are of much of a piece to me, and I'm I- I'm intrigued that he um there are certain qualities that that are he's brought with him from those two stories, but in other ways yeah. he's just. Gone a bit mad and and gone off in directions that we never would have expected from mm-hmm. the crisp made that brought us season eighteen. Mm-hmm. It's macabre and yeah, you've you've got that death, oh, deaths unaccountable thing, haven't you? Which you know,
0: it's almost like a like a mystery story as well mm-hmm. in places. Mm.
2: Yes, I find I find Brazen's, Brazen's overreaction to the Death's death. What do you know about Death's unaccountable? Or oh, in some records, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, it seems a bit overly suspicious of him. The, mm. the way he reacts to that when he gets hold of it, but um,
1: I suppose the society with a big secret at its heart is a bit like Castro Valma, mm. but It's not, um, but that's <laughs> a very tenuous connection. Mm. It's a good setup for if you've got you know four episodes to fill.
2: Yeah, mm. but there's there's some lovely little bits in it from that point of view, like the um, I, again talking of things that I've kind of got heard into me from the from listening to it on audio all those many many times, and and then you suddenly see it on TV, and oh, of course that's how that works. There's a little bit of you know the the whole low-level looting thing going on throughout, and the, the sense of yeah. breaking down, and the fact that that actually gives them a li- neat little plot mechanic for for them getting the battery off the, off of the ship when they're when they're trying to get the battery mm. off the ship, and the and and they're distracted because the guards have gone gone to right, do yeah. gone to um, gone to help themselves to a bit from the stores and are sharing sharing it out amongst them while they when they should be paying attention.
1: Yes, it's mm. all very tightly written. And I was going to sa- I was going to say that earlier. I mean, the fact that the first episode is mostly about building atmosphere and and world building. Mm. I mean, the, the most the only tension and action is about somebody <laughs> trying to our heroes trying to steal a battery mm. f- um, to help with the lighting yes. in the hospital, mm. which is not you know your usual universe no. saving Doctor no. no, And yet it I, mean, it's, I find it perfectly gripping. Mm. Partly, at least partly because the um, the. The story just rolls along at such a pace mm. it's very tightly yes. edited isn't it I th- mm. I'm fairly sure that's because the script was over long and it was I don't think it was really yes. quite this tight No, but certainly it helps No you can
0: see that again on the production subtitles it keeps telling you which bits right. have been lopped off mm. here there and the other to get it
2: down to the right length I think there's a, there's a few things like at, like at the end of that they go through all of that um, and then I, I made a note of that and then <laughs> but then they drop the ball on the next scene and that's that can only really be down to I think I think the staging is um, in that they then turn up with a battery right outside, just as Plantagenet and Brazen are, co- are coming out of the hospital, I believe, hmm. and um, and and the doctor tells a couple of the guards to help get the battery inside immediately. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. <laughs> all this business to get this stolen goods, you know, stolen goods off the ship, yeah. and um, and then then it's kind of su- suddenly dropped. As a, yes. and I think it, I mean, that can only be down to really someone not paying attention to how they staged it at the time. <laughs> the it end. should
1: feel like it should feel like padding. This entire subplot about, oh, we've got to go and get a battery. Mm. Oh, no, we can't get through the door. Okay, we'll have to find another way and mm. go up on the roof, lower ourselves down, all this. It should feel like episode three nonsense, mm. but it doesn't. Because, no. Mm. Because you believe in this world. Mm. The whole thing's
2: got a very, um, and I'm not sure it's possibly a combination of Davis and. Of the you know what Davidson's channeling plus, plus this whole ends ends of the world ends of the earth kind of thing. It gives me a very Hartnell vibe, like season <laughs> season yeah. three Hartnell. And um, yeah, yeah. oh, and and of course it comes up later. That the, the um the tractators know who Doctor Who is by yeah they do yeah by um by reputation, which again takes me back to like things like the Savages and stuff like that, where where the idea mm. that Doctor Who is the intrepid traveller in time and space who's when word gets around
1: that must have come from eric saywood because that is just absolutely typical that's something he introduced the program which i don't think it ever existed before and it certainly didn't when mm. chb was but then well i oh, sorry when well, say so not before i mean mm? not for a very long time no but that, that's what i'm saying that's what, what i'm like. saying
2: is, it, remi- is why it reminds me of the late art in some sure. ways yeah. um
0: there's a nice touch I uh, like in uh, episode one where they they say, "Well, you know, there, there can't be a bombardment because the warnsman mm. hasn't mentioned it to us." And then it's then they, you know, the, the guy's been whacked on the head. Mm. Oh, it's the warnsman. You know, it, uh, it, again, it, it, the the dialogue's quite nice. It's quite well staged mm. and, and 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 it kind of p- points out the you know, people make, people make false deductions.
2: Mm. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. that's a very big meat thing to. To be, um, to be having a go, at. and the, the terminology, things like the aud- orderlies and the wards- warnsmen and so on and so forth, is mm. nice. Just yeah. you know, again, it just adds adds a little bit more than someone shouting guards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely, mm.
0: yes. Oh, and going back to your heart, thing, you've got uh, piloting a planet as mm, well. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit Dalek invasion of Earth. Well, isn't it?
1: and th- and the other thing that rem- makes us remember is that CHB. Is a bizarre mixture of uh, his self-professed great interest in scientific accuracy mm. and absolute nonsense. Oh yes, <laughs> <in yeah>. what <laughs> yes. he brings to the screen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. For, in all three, I mean, the um, yeah. But that's that's why that's why that's why, I,
2: uh, that's why I love him for all, for all that he he blabs at, bangs on about scientific accuracy. You know, it's it's just it's just science as, an, as science as a as a form of dressing up magic. You know, mm. really, in a you know, it's. I never feel like he sacrifices. You know, I don't. I don't feel like it ever has any effect on the efficiency of the plots. It's just. A, it's just mm. a nicer way of dressing things up mm. and and making it sound. I don't. To my to my mm. ear, better. But and that's the thing. I can kind of imagine with all these highly polished tunnels and stuff, and some of the stuff that's been happening with gravitational waves and so on recently. Yeah. you could. Um. Oh, you know, it's mm. it's pseudo sciencey enough to. Um, to sound vaguely, vaguely convincing in a Doctor who
1: way without... yeah, It's the perfect uh, combination of science and science mm. and fantasy which is when Doctor Who's always at its best mm. and I'm glad that... and it's him at his best mm. because he's seems to have been... I don't know why he's mellowed in the couple of years since he was script editor. So I've got no problems at all. I'm glad that he can write that style. I just don't know why he, then and now he continues to Describe his ideal of Doctor Who as something completely different from what he actually wrote. Mm. And <laughs> yes. <pieces laughs> he makes of other writers with their bollocks science mm. apply mm. equally. I just he seems to have, I think you could just file that all under self awareness. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But then that's often. I think that's often
2: the case with yeah. with various he, writers. So, so, so his, so his so
1: fascination s- with the TARDIS itself is also uh, yeah, yeah, runs mm, through indeed. all three of his stories. Yeah yeah. The the way that it gets sucked on the ground and breaks up into pieces is. a, a Peculiar mixture of genius and nonsense again. Yes. Yeah, it's such a great visual image, which is why it's justifiable. That's what exactly what you should be going for. Mm. But this thing is—it doesn't really make any sense. It's supposed to be massive. How no. how could it fit inside this planet if it's anywhere near as big as he himself told us it was in earlier stories? Mm. Where's all the rock that it displaced gone? Yes. I don't care because I like Doctor Who. Uh, not Star- this is Doctor mm. Who, not Star Trek. Yeah. But you know, does it really fit? This is daft as that thing about materialising underwater in Logopolis, it's just mm. that strange mixture.
0: Yeah, so he's, he said so, so there is a featurette on the DVD and, he, and he's going through that and he, he does mention that each of his stories, he's got a different menace for the TARDIS, so you've got the underwater thing in Legopolis you've, uh, you've got the hydrogen inrush in Castrovalva and then yep. you've got this weird thing with Frontos. but I agree with you, I mean it, it, it is, as, as a Whatever I was, that 15, 16 year old. It, I just thought that this is, this is ludicrous, like that, <laughs> the idea of, the, of, it, of it being dispersed down below. But you know, yeah, as you say, it, it doesn't really matter. Hmm. It's got a 60s cliffhanger ending as well, to, to going with your theme, Giles, of it being like a, uh, hmm. a Hartnell story. You've got that, the story leads into the next story. Oh, like so yes, end. of course
2: it has, yes. Yes, at the oh, end. Oh, yeah.
1: Mm. It's a shame that cliffhanger leading directly into Resurrection of the Darks, because the big finish have put quite a few stories in that gap. But, um, uh,
0: well, well, I mean, it could be that that they that it lurches and then they have a b- whole bunch of stories
3: and <laughs> no. then they mm. end no, the up end of exactly the final right one of which, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and they can chuck. <laughs> it, it suddenly struck me while while we watching it. I thought, okay, well, the Doctor and Tegan can go and have some adventures while um actually while dropping after they dropped off the Gravis. They oh do. yes, that is just...
1: specifically one of the thing. One of the things they've done with oh ah, okay, <laughs> yeah. or indeed
2: Gravis for season
1: season twenty one B companion. We might get uh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've, just, they've just done a whole set with Chameleon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Anyway, I would, I would love to write one with this team. Mm. Isn't yeah, yeah. Doctor Teagan and Turlo always been one of my? Yes, favorites. Yeah. yes. Yeah, you know, they're like they're like Matt Smith, Amy and Rory, only completely yeah. different. <laughs> they're one of the classic threesomes, I would say. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, the Doctor and Teigen have 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 a, have a
0: nice. You know, episode and a half wandering around in tunnels in much the same way that uh, Tegan and Turlay did in um, *Terminus*. That's the nice Only thing. It's... it's really entertaining.
3: Well, this is the
2: thing. Yeah, well, it's nice. That, to, yeah. It's just nice to actually see see Tegan being quite mellow, and yes, okay, she, yeah, yes, okay, there's peril, but you don't get the impression that she's the no. whining "get me off this shit now" no. character that's that she's so often. No, well, she somehow works out that if you throw
0: throw one of those uh, torch things at the
2: insects, they're all going to go a bit um, nutty for a minute, and they can run away from them. Mm. And I think, yeah, I think Mark Strickson. I mean, yeah, he gets to he gets to revise some of his wild-eyed stuff from <laughs> yeah, from yeah. season twenty. But I, yeah, I've always had a lot of time for Mark Strickson. Nice, and he's great fun. And there's a very nice bit of business at the end of um, episode three. I noticed um I mean, from a character point of view. The whole thing with which one of my hands has got a two core pair piece. You get oh, right yes. against Norm as a yeah, check. Yeah. Which one? You know, yeah. Sp- oh well, there you go. Then I'm going. I'm, I've got to risk my life and go down, and then it
1: turns out he's got one in both hands anyway. And yep. um yeah, so I mean, he's not just yeah. So to be fair to CHB, he's right the doctor and Teagan well because he kind of invented mm. them. But he's uh, also he's you know he's only sent a brief description to I want to. Mm. On a beer map, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, on the back of Jonathan Turner's fag pack mm. and he's still got him right. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I just like these three. They're all mm. equally strong, equally vivid. They, they got a nice hierarchy mm. of, of scientific knowledge. They, they all come from different times and places, mm. and they break down to three nice double acts. Mm. And that's that's what I look for. Yes. Yeah. In mm. my, in my three Doctor Who threesomes mm-hmm. When I was lucky enough to write for the fifth Doctrine and Tegan once, this is one of the things I had in the back of my mind. I'm not, I'm not saying I've got anywhere near to <laughs> achieving it. If you
0: just think about the, the cast, they all have stuff to do, and and, and Bidmead finds a way of doing that in an entertaining way rather than just the kind of purely mechanical way mm. they often
1: seem to be at, in this era. Yeah, I think... See, I like all three of CHB's stories. Uh, as I said, I think this is the best because it's more Doctor Who-y. And I do wonder... It just seems so <sighs> unlike what he says he was trying to write, I'd think well maybe, well maybe he didn't, maybe someone else helped him with this, but it's sort of sure as hell wasn't Eric Sayward, it was nothing like the mm. way he writes either, so mm. I'm still mystified as to how this happened It seems like a minor miracle to me and I know that there are, we are in a tiny minority of the people, of, uh, those of us who think this is a top rank Doctor Who story, it's fared badly then and ever since, hasn't it really, or you know, it's below averagely thought of is it? Mm. I don't know why. Yeah, I think mm. I'm fairly sure it is. Yeah. I think it must be a combination yeah, f- of things, uh, production problems that put people off, and if, not having anything particularly sensational in it, not mm. being Earthshock or or and nozana. You know, mm. if you're dull enough to like, feel that you need to have a uh, have a monster in it,
0: and, and you know that sort of thing, then it and, and it's got no big set of pieces. It's not that kind of a story. It's a much it's it's more it's a bit more cerebral and it's
1: you know and it's dialogue. That's really the two things mm. that are going on with it. Yep. Yes, and I I wasn't a particularly intelligent, twelve year old, but I did spot that at the time. I, mm. <laughs> although I was a sucker for Daleks and what have you and exciting space mm. operas, I could tell this was something special mm. just because it was funny. And mm. so I was me even then. Mm. I my yeah. <laughs> same way I thought about Kinder mm. actually. Yeah, they got. A similar tone running through yeah. mm.
0: it. has got my very favourite line in Doctor Who as well, which is Davison saying, oh, well, a risk shared is a risk doubled." <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've, I've used that or something similar a few times. Mm. Yeah,
2: it's it's very um, actually just thinking about that. Well, you know, it's the the other thing is it's very Boucher-esque to my yeah. to my mind. It's very it much is. it's a, a good yeah, one. You know, it's a good you know. Again, it's just that. That quality of writing that you can always feel with Chris Boucher's stuff, you always feel it's just going to add, you know. And again, he's another one that's very good at the whole world-building thing, mm-hmm. really. And uh, yeah, you just feel he's, you know, cut above generally. Yeah, just to, just to bring it, you know, to be on a slight downer or sort of, you know, pick pick a, pick a few minor holes. I think directorially, one thing that I found very odd, that just struck me. I thought, why on earth did they do that? It's in episode two, near the end, the, the reveal mm. of the monster, the the first reveal of the Tractators. Yes. You think why the hell did they? You get the you've got the two shiny carapaces facing away. Yes. Yeah. And then they turn around and then then they turn around and you see them side on and they shuffle off. Yes. After yes. why you didn't just have the shot of them, of the suddenly the car those two things that were on the walls start to move. Yes.
1: I, sup- I suppose it's added jeopardy that they're f- they're walking off after our heroes, but I right. agree. It, uh, yeah, it, it, I can...
2: it,
0: it could have done with more tightly. But it's just, there.
2: it's just like, yeah. You know, you could you could really build up the tension towards the and then have the actual yeah. via that the cliffhanger, and it just feels very yes odd to not um to not do it that way. And then the the other general issue that I found. You know one of the lovely things about it is this whole sense of a barely, it barely qualifies as a civilization but you know you know, a society on the border you know, on on the edge of collapse and there's hmm. this quite nice thing that there's all these yeah you know they, they have quite a lot of extras hanging around the set and quite often they are literally hanging around the set with nothing to you know not apparently doing anything and it actually yeah. gives it quite a nice eerie feeling the fact that are just people Lying around in the hospital, kind of watching, watching yeah. our actors, or just or sitting around outside, watching because they've got nothing better to do.
0: Yeah, and they're sort of que- queuing up to try and find out what's going mm. on as well, aren't they? That's yeah, quite nice. Yeah, but
2: then it's it's just then there's other there's other times when I feel like they they just slightly drop the ball with actually handling that sort of the idea that they've got a a bit of a Greek chorus thing to to return to my to to return to my mm-hmm. theory that this is all some kind of Shakespearean. Yeah, you know, an, an, an attempt at an attempt at a sci-fi history play. That you know, you have that um, at the start of episode three when the, there's looters coming out of the ship with loads of mm. stuff, and he tells the tells the orderlies take the maximum. I can't wait. He, he doesn't say shoot to kill, but he he that's that's his implication clearly. Yeah. Um, and then the, then they emerge, then they come out and are confronted by a pile of people. You know, a whole row of people taking you know clearly taking stuff off the ship. He says you've got one minute to clear the area. <laughs> it's just, so, so they all scarper, presumably. But so there's yeah, there's a few weird things there. Also, the, um in that in episode three, the tribunal thing with uh, Range yes. about the um, I think that's nice, and it's a shame that the deputy um, doesn't turn up early because it um, she would help would have helped to fight against the the whole thing becoming something of a sausage fest. Um <laughs> <laughs> in, terms of, in, she's, she's, in terms of authority figures and so on. So she's, yeah, well, yeah. She
0: comes she comes out of nowhere in episode three. Yes,
2: yeah. She? And uh, I think she's got an, a bit of business outside of this tribunal thing. Yeah. Later. But um Yeah, yeah. But not much and she's yeah, she's she came over quite well. So it's a bit of a shame she's not in it. Mm. more. And yeah, the only thing that I <laughs> to really end on a downer, and I was I was watching the you know the reason I know about the extras in episode four um, in the in inside the mining machine is because I was um, I went went back I watched episode four once and I went back over it looking for um, information on cut scenes thing. Well, there must have been more to this then. So basically, my only problem is that it feels like the B plot is if, if you you know if we're going to say the B plot is the is the kind of Plantagenet finds his feet becomes the worthy ruler and the when the revolution comes to an end and Frontios is, you know, the yeah this society begins to heal in some way yeah it just doesn't go doesn't really go anywhere the gro starts doing his thing and nor and range says you know this is the end of everything or the you know, the end of the end yes, and norma for some <laughs> for some un- unknown reason is slightly pointlessly optimistic and says oh, oh the beginning you <laughs> could be yeah. and so, <laughs> so far as we know, you know we don't know, she's not really got any reason to be um, mm. and then we don't know what happens to Cockrell who's a great you know, great character, interesting you know, again, not someone you see many characters like that it's interesting, but we just don't quite know what's what happens to Cockrell's man, man who would be scenes... king
1: yes indeed, didn't most of his scenes get cut Richard, you'll be able to tell us if, if that was in the production notes I'm sure I remember reading that once, that when they were cutting for time, he basically had. There was a subplot with him all the way through, which mm. almost entirely disappeared.
0: I think there were more cuts at the start than at the end. Uh, so. See,
2: he makes it to about halfway through episode three, and then, and then the, the, the last functional thing he does is effectively rescue Norna from from another uh, from another looter. He, he mm. and his gang rescue rescue Norna from another looter who's holding a hostage or, for, or holding a gunpoint at any anyway. rate. I mean, he says things are going to change around here. And then I don't
1: think we really get much more, anything more of him after that. There's um, there's only one more thing completely randomly I'd like to mention. If that's yeah, right. go on. Yeah, I've said there's no time travel in this, unlike God Blood, but there is a time dimension. The Doctor's is rabbiting on constantly all the way through about how he can't be seen to interfere yes. just because they're so far into the future. Hmm. Uh, now, I suppose he doesn't normally worry about this, as Mrs. Morris pointed out. Why is she, Mrs. Morris, earlier on said to me, why is the doctor, why does he keep telling people he can't help? He, I'm just wondering. I suppose it's kind of justified because they're so far in the future. But again, we've never seen him worry about that anywhere else. Mm. It's odd. I don't feel like it adds anything. It's supposed to be a character point. I suppose it's not really a plot point. Do you think that's C.H.B. or Eric? Or Th- there's any a, there's a suggestion thoughts?
0: at the start that this is. Because it's such it's so on an, on a knife edge, but whether they survive or not, mm. that him getting involved could you know radically alter things. So it sort of feels a bit like RTD's you know, web of time thing or the fixed, fixed point in time points, whatever. Yeah. But to be honest, it's not really very well explained if no. that's what they're thinking about.
1: And I'd, and although they hand wave way of saying, Oh, it's because we're so far in the future, if you stop and think about that just, why? why does that yeah. make any sense mm, why would the same apply equally f- far in the past or any point in and, 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 and it's, only, it m- wouldn't it's it be only less the future. important the further in the future you are the less the, the time the universe has left to suffer the consequences You're meddling so you just meddling and make the future's
0: only from their uh, perspective anyway i mean because there's there's as much time in the future of that well i suppose you know um, um, a universal coming to an end notwithstanding but i mean fundamentally time is a very Human concept, isn't
1: it? Yes, it depends if this is supposed to be contemporary with the Ark or with um, Utopia. Mm -hmm. I I assume it's the Ark. It's the Ark, isn't it? This is supposed to be a different kind of Ark.
2: Did any of us as young fans
1: worry that that it didn't match up to the vision of humanity fleeing the doomed planet Earth that we saw in the Ark, where science seemed much more advanced and people were miniaturized and put on little slides? Mm. Whereas here, they're. (laughs) They're just travelling on a rather rackety mothership. Oh, but it was I brilliant.
0: Think. It was the, the technology was fantastic until it failed, mm. <laughs> according to uh, Mr.
2: Range.
1: Mr. Range. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mr. Dinsdale. <laughs> no, it, it never bothered me. I always assumed oh. it was the same.
1: Well, how dare you not be as nervous? Uh, I'm sorry.
2: No, um, I, d- I don't think I knew enough about the Ark at the mm.
1: time to um uh, no. to have um. That was set in the 57th segment of time.
0: Mm. Yes, there's there's no security kitchen in this either. <laughs> no.
1: Oh, well, may, may, maybe it's not a, a vital feature of every ship. <laughs> so I th- have we fully explored the many, many very deep connections between well, Cold I, uh, Blood and frontios. I
0: feel I feel like we are coming towards the end of, of the amount of time that anyone could be bothered to listen to us so if we are going to have any deep and meaningful discussion about the similarities between the two, now would be an excellent time to do it, okay. otherwise
1: we'll just finish and, and, and uh, call it a day Obviously there aren't any, but <laughs> Chris, Chibnall, Chris Chibnall has Frontios in the back of his mind like any Doctor Who fan hmm. and he it was part of the soup of of ideas. Yes, definitely. That he was that he was mining. He's mining a soup. What on earth are you talking about, Paul? <laughs> I, I love a mixed metaphor. <laughs> the um the only other thing thing I'd say, because as I've pointed out, oftentimes comparing these two stories, we end up just comparing old and new Who, really, mm. rather than two specific stories we're dealing with. And I think I would say here that for me, Frontier's wins on atmosphere, even though the production is is lacking um, I feel like they do more with what they have they 're putting mm. even in front of us, which is no um, a caves Zania or an earth shock or one of those ones that we pretend in our fan way looks so expensive. Mm. Mm. I still think it does more with what it 's got than cold blood does because cold blood has a lot more at its disposal, a lot more advanced special effects, and I think the direction lets it down, and a lot of the a lot of the impact potential impact of the quite a pacy story is lost so yeah. for me Front just wins with its ideas and atmosphere and cold yeah. blood just looks like an average example of of 21st century who
0: yeah so, so for me i think i think what i say is that cold uh, hungry earth and cold blood they're kind of looking backwards it's, you know it, it's it's um it's new who trying to do classic who mm. and you know, not entirely successfully. Whereas Frontios at least is looking forward; it's mm. trying to do something new that, that that maybe hasn't been done before, or hasn't been done quite like this. So, so it seems to have more ambition. Yeah, and 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 it 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 sort of devil may care in a way. It's
1: it's not so hidebound. You're absolutely right there, and we don't often get that sort of world building and new who do we possibly because there's not enough time hmm. in the four, you know, the one part stories, but. Yes, I mean normally
0: they're no. they're the same length these two, and yet it does feel like there's more space for for building up Frontios in those first two parts than we get for the little mining area in in uh, in the similar length of time in uh, Hungry Earth.
3: Hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, I think I think Manvich sort of yeah pretty much made my the point I would make that I I think Frontios Frontios wins because it's trying to do something new and yeah, it has it has ideas of its own, whereas the Hungry Earth is (laughs) is really just recycling a a, you know, a selection of ideas from from the classic series. So maybe there's nothing quite so wrong with that, you know, given given Doctor's long and storied history and and the fact that some of these things are you know, are worth revisiting. Mm. But yeah, it just doesn't feel like there's yeah, you know, it's it's missing the original spark there. It's just yeah, you know, it's always mm. take. I kind of feel like okay, it's okay to take a whole bunch of pertweisms and so on, but add something of your you know, try and mm. add something interesting yeah. of your own.
0: It's interesting that, that that Moffat will draw on this for the um, the day of the Doctor. You know, the whole negotiation thing. So you've got the same kind of setup mm. where they're trying to decide what to do with the with the Yes, but I think I think the extra element of jeopardy that he brings to it makes it more effective,
1: and the extra element of being able to ride <laughs> you, you must never overlook that.
0: <laughs> oh
1: dear! Meow. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> yeah, okay. And <laughs> on so, so,
0: uh, yeah. okay. So, so I think I think I think we'll 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 draw a veil then over our at that point our examination of these two stories of of bodies disappearing into the ground. Thanks for for joining us again and for for listening to what we had to say. And uh, please uh, connect with us on Twitter. We've got um, a something who Twitter account, which we'd like to hear from you on that. It's goodbye from me, Richard, and goodbye from Giles. Bye-bye. And goodbye from Paul. See ya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and finally, um, to mark another of, of, of the American states that are listening to us, um, <laughs> a track from Ray Charles it will become obvious uh, to you which, which state he's commemorating. that'll be it. Crikey. We did it.
1: We did. Okay.
0: I think we've all got creaking chairs to some extent. I mean, the, the, the particular favourite creaking is when somebody sits up suddenly after making a point that they're particularly proud of. Yeah, it went, So when they made an emphatic point, they kind of sit up and it goes... <laughs> <laughs>
3: they
2: just done an excited little fart because they're so pleased with what they said. <laughs>
0: We'll go, we'll do what we normally do, I think. And we'll go through this twice. Well, I've got the first um, line. Mm. Yeah, because because you're the most important. I'm everyone's
1: favourite character. Am I, in, am I meant to these... be
2: channelling anyone in particular here? Yeah? Uh, oh, I think uh, uh, Doctor you're
1: playing Science. the character of Giles. So right. i see how you okay, yeah. do with mm. that. Can I suggest slightly less... Uh, slight, pick up the pace a bit. Slightly lit for your pauses. It's yes. not Pinter. Yeah. I think... But, snappier it'll uh it'll really take yeah. off okay but i'm i've never directed anything in my life and i'm not gonna start <laughs> tonight that's the one yeah, yeah. as they say yeah excellent that's what lisa bauman says but when, when she's when she's happy with a take yeah it's a bit of little inside glimpse into the <laughs> Big finish studio there.
0: Well, thanks. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's these, it's these little snippets that um, I know. I know you like it. it makes us feel like we're in the presence of greatness. When did I ever tell
1: worked. you? Did I ever tell you about the lunches?
0: Oh. Nobody ever talks about. Them. <laughs> 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 Hello and welcome to Something Who Episode Four. I'm Richard, and no, no, that's not going to work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> who do you want to who, be who,
3: who are you going to be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>